for the passion. Get ready for the banter. It's the Seria A-Holes podcast. Forza, Tommy, and Tony. All right, guys, how you doing? It's the uh, City A-Holes with our fifth episode. I'm uh, Tony Vascuso. I'm here with Tommy Matera. How you doing, Tommy? What's going on, everybody? Good, good, good. So uh, we're back with our, uh, you know, our, our, what can we call this? Like, what do they call it with uh, with the Netflix uh, shows? Like, there's a se- like a series, right? A series? Yeah, 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 a little series. So we can go back to, so we're, you know, we're here with our series now. We did our uh, Lazio Winter which, mm-hmm. guys, everybody's got to kind of sit down a bit now to get a little bit more comfortable. I know Lazio and Inter, like, kind of kept you on edge, and especially the Lazio one. You know, I'll be honest with you, Tommy, just, like, mentioning, you know, talking about those things with Lazio is just – it's it's almost, like, frightening at times just to bring up some of that stuff that was uh, that was mentioned. And, and the, the the scariest part is is that these are facts. These are things that are actually – that have actually happened, you know? Right, right, for sure, man. And that's, like, what we were trying to stress at the end of the show was – you know, it's not like we were throwing shade or we were talking about another club. It's just we're we're going down to stuff that actually happened. Right. You know? Right, um, right. And and this isn't a part of the world where that stuff is supposed to happen, quote unquote. You know what I mean? So But uh that uh episode we did just confirm it did uh record. Um so we're happy about that. I messed with the boys a <laughs> little bit. Yeah, I messed with the boys a little bit, had a little uh, trick with them, but listen, we're still learning these things and it's it gets extremely frustrated. <laughs> Uh, frustrating, but uh, the city, uh, city eight holes uh, live on. Um, you know, but uh, just you got to, you know, if you ever see uh, Paulo Celeri, you can tell him uh, thank you for uh, keeping the show, uh, keeping the show going. Um, so, as you know, the there's no barber shops are closed, right? So we can't go to get our haircut, right? Yeah. So the other day, I'm the kind of person where it's like I start looking at my hair and I'm like, I can't put gel in it anymore. Like, I it's just driving me nuts. So I went to the barber, which is me, and uh, I said, you know what? I want to go with the uh, the 06 Cannavaro. So that's what I gave myself. So there's going to be some pictures posted with my uh, old school uh, 06 uh, Cannavaro uh, shaved head. That's what I used to go with back in the day when uh, when uh, the World Cup was going on because Gattuso, Gattuso started rocking it. And then remember when they won, too, Cameron Ezzi uh, was right on the field. Yeah, he shaved his head. His remember right. they cut his hair? Um, but it was funny. I had to tell you this, Tommy, is I, I did it and my son Max was still, he was still sleeping. Right. So he gets, I, he he wakes up and he sees me and he's like, he goes, Oh my God, you look like Tommy. And he was referring to you. So it was pretty funny that, uh, he was like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm trying to look like Tommy, man. That's what, that's the whole thing I'm going for right now. We're we're trying to get people to not tell us apart. It's just, it's just crazy that, uh, you know, just stating that man, like we can't go to get a haircut right now. You know, and, and know. shout out to uh, Hero Barber, Javier, man. Javier's the best. Uh, he's actually a, a, a very good player as well. He plays for uh, um, Milford Tuesday. We tried, we tried to get him on Shelton. Hopefully we can still try to work that out. But, um, yeah, he's very, very good, very good. But uh, I, won't have, I won't have here for a while, man. This is going to take about two months to, to grow back out. But uh, <laughs> so as we were – the last uh, time we were on, which was a couple uh, hours ago, Tom, we were going for a doubleheader today. Um, yeah, right. So we discussed that Sampdoria just got out, and that's actually it's ironic. That's the club that we're going to be talking about tonight, one of the clubs mm-hmm. we're going to talk about. Um, but uh, Barreto, um, their midfielder there, he just tested positive for Corona, which we just talked about them just getting out of quarantine. 
Yeah, because it's, it's in the newspapers that they're out, yeah. Right, so now that means that they're probably going to get back into quarantine. I don't know the, the whole gist, but that story just got out. Um, another one, too, is that's just heartbreaking, dude. And, you know, my heart just, you know, goes out to uh, the ninja, uh, Nangle, and um, uh, yeah. he's, he's just... He's terrified for his wife, you know, because obviously mm-hmm. with her dealing with, with cancer and uh, her immune system is, uh, you know, is 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 weak, you know. So he just does, you know, he's terrified that he's going to get it. And I'm sure there's a lot of stories out that out there all over the world, you know, because right now they can't go to you know the the hospital and stuff because of right. you know, and so it's it's tough. That was in the news as well, and you know, thoughts and prayers and and you know with with the Nangolin out there uh, with um sorry the ninja with uh, Nangolin. Um, so that was one of them, and then also, which was an interesting one, um, who's the president now? FIGC Gra- Gra- Gravina, what's it? Yeah, name? Gravina. Gravina. So he, they, there is talk. Um, they're not throwing it out completely that July and August. Yeah. Um, it looks like the city is going to move yeah, forward. I now just, I was just reading that also, and it's like we talked about, man. That's that's a long time for these guys to be playing. Oh, uh, it's a long time. Well, here's the here's a couple questions I have for you. One, there's a positive for you, right? Because you are notorious for going to Italy in the summer, right? Correct. So now you and Valentina might have to set up some nice things in the San Paolo and go. And yeah, I don't think we'll be going this year. You don't think I you're think gonna go? Yeah, I think. I can't tell you how many people I talked to that canceled trips, like that were just you, going. We haven't canceled our trip yet. We're hoping that. Uh, well, we, we think that with everything going on, that the airlines are going to give people vouchers for next year, and we'll just yeah. take our tickets for next year. So, right. which is the, which is the right thing to do. The one thing I will say, even like the banks, you know, I've re- written out a couple checks, obviously, with the tournament that we were doing, and they were, um, you know, uh, they were saying, oh, we're, you know, you're not going to give you any penalties if there's a withdrawal. You know what I mean? Like, which right. is good. That's that's the way it should be. Nobody should be acting. Uh, you know, ridiculous. Are but I thought about that, so it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Um, but the other thing I thought about was the ICC, right? I mean, I, ICC yeah. pretty much doesn't exist now. Yeah, there's none because there's they have no. to finish the season and then they're going to go straight into the next year, right? Like right. I, these guys aren't going to get a break, man. It's, yeah, yeah, it's going to be tough. It's a, it's a, it's just. I mean, everything affects everything else. And when now I go back to. One of the FM uh, soccer talk uh, the episodes when they talked about soccer saturation, right? These are what the mm-hmm. effects are that because you put so much soccer in uh, to each you know each day or you know it, basically there's so- if, if you went right. on FootMob on a daily basis, right? And you look, there's a million games on, you know, and and one of the there's obviously so much stuff that we, we can discuss, but such a sad thing is looking on that uh, on that app and you see every single game crossed off. They're just crossed off. There's no games that are, you know, they, they, that are going on. It's just, it's, it's crazy, man. It really, really is. But um, so, why don't we get into it, man? What do you think? We get into the yeah, into let's the, do it. Let's do it. All right. So we're so our our three teams that we're gonna do today is we're gonna do uh, Hellas Verona, and mm-hmm. we're gonna do uh, Sampdoria, and we're gonna do uh, uh, Genoa. So you know when. I know that with Lazio we didn't do Roma as well, but Lazio was such a big story of the the history right. and what they did that you can't even. I mean, you add Roma into it just because they're a derby, but uh, or they're a rival, you know, same same uh, same town. But uh, you know, these, these Sampdoria and Genoa they, they're they're hand in hand. You know, they they're two clubs that you can kind of discuss of the same uh, same yes. uh, wavelength, right? So, all right, let's get started with uh, Hellas Verona. Then, what do we got for them? Yeah, so just a, a quick little start, and you know we can all jump in here. Uh, the club was founded in 1903 by a bunch of high school students. You know, imagine that. Um, 
and it was actually the original name was just Elas. Um, and they got that name at the request of one of their professors, right? Right. Um, and guys, this is an interesting one because, like Tony said in the last episode, Elas actually means Greece and yeah. Greek. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's a bit. You know, what, what do you make of that? I mean, again, that's another. See, in in Italy, there's so many influences for each team, right? So obviously, there's a lot of you know you have the uh, the uh, you know English influences and stuff like that. But going mm-hmm. back to that documentary that I saw with um, with uh, Atalanta and Brescia, right, in the Lombardia mm-hmm. area and stuff like that, you know, there was a lot of guys on there that were discussing how you know you can be in a certain region in Italy and there's like a dialect that's almost like backed by because of Germany. Right, like there's, a, you know what I mean. There's a German back, so that's I think has has it's being said throughout the whole country where there's these influences from other countries mm-hmm. that uh, that you're seeing a situation where a team, you know, is 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 being named, uh, you know, from you know being named basically after after Greece. You know what I mean? Because right. of, because of those influences, you know, you right. have to look at it too from from Inter standpoint, right? Their club exists because of international you know, players because of, right. you know, an international right. backing, you know what right. I mean? So, right. um, it, it just kind of goes with the territory, I think overall about how all these, and again, what makes this so freaking interesting of how these teams started, you know, so many mm-hmm. people be like, you know, might be out there and be like, you know, this is boring, but that's because history is just not for you. Me and right. Tommy are really big on this. And I always am like, wow, that's how that started. That's crazy. Right. How, a team started in that way, but I think that has something to do with it, where there's so many different influences throughout the country. Right. Anyway. Yeah. And it was still, we were still a developing country at that point. Right. right, right so, right. um, uh, they played, you know, they played mostly municipal stuff. Um, and the sport really wasn't catching on for the first couple of years in Verona, actually guys. Um, it wasn't really played there very often. Um, but they caught fire in 1906 when the two teams in the city, played their first derby and they chose to play it in the Roman amphitheater that was down basically like downtown right right, right. Um, and all of a sudden there was enthusiasm with the crowd it was in the center of town and it was marketing in the prim, prim you know the primest form but right. that's, that's what they did um, so like I said at the time they were just really playing at a municipal level um, but then about four or five years into the club being existing, they started playing regional games, right? Like branching out a little bit. Because again, remember from the last episode, everybody, um, there was no national league at this point. Everything was municipal and regional. There was no such thing as a city. Uh, the FIGC hadn't created a national league yet. Um, so 1907-ish, 1908, they actually played their first game against Vicenza, which ended up becoming a really big rivalry for them, didn't it? Like, and, it, and even all the way until this day, you know, when they're in the same division, it's a very big game. Right. Um, you know, which is, which has been pretty cool. I mean, like, do you, did you know anything else about that rivalry at all? No, I mean, I, I didn't I didn't catch the uh, rivalry there, but I know that they have a, uh, a rivalry with the uh, Flying Donkeys, right? They have a, Correct. They, they have a rivalry with uh, Kievo. You know, it was kind of like started the way other rivalries were started way, way back when, where clubs were merging, splitting apart, and... They happened to be the two major teams in the city at a, at a time. Um, and, you know, again, That's going into the city, uh, 
Verona had changed their name a few times. Um, as, it, as it was structured in 1929, they had what was called the Campionato Nazionale, which became the Serie A. Right. Right? Um, and Elas Verona was actually, it was actually just Elas at the time, guys, sorry, was actually still an amateur team, although everybody else was professional. Um, yeah. And they ended up merging with two teams that nobody will know who they are because they don't exist anymore. Right. They're called Pentegoli and Scaliera. Yeah. And they formed AC Verona. And that was in hopes of continuing, you know, continuing to keep the team fruitful and lively. Um, but they actually ended up debuting in Serie B because Elas was so bad. Um, and it took them 28 years to get back into Serie A. Wow. Uh, so they didn't get back into like 57. Um, and they ended up they ended up becoming merging with another group and finally changed their name to Elas Verona AC. Right. So um, that's how that started. But um, now the they're, colors, they're um they're, they're yeah they go back to the colors. What, what was the yeah? Color? So the colors actually represent the city itself and the emblem. Right. Right. So the yellow and blue is part of the city flag and and that whole thing. Um, the derby that goes on between the two you, we were referring to Kievo and Elas yeah is referred to as the Derby de la Scala yeah right and do, do you know what that is you know no. what that's for what's that? what's that so the Derby de la Scala is actually refers to the Scalieri family mm-hmm. who was an aristocratic family right that owned or that ruled over Verona in the middle ages in right. the early renaissance right so that's where the the fixtures between Kievo and Elas come from. And they actually paid homage to their early rulers of the city. And Kev, Kievo, it, they're, they're the same color, right? Yellow and blue, right? Correct. Both, Correct. both yes. the yeah, same they're color. both city teams. So right? city, the city, yep, that's where it yeah. comes from. So, so think about that. Pretty, you're you're in the same town, right. right? And you have the same color jerseys, man. And there's a heated heated rivalry. It's mm-hmm. crazy, and it's 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 going to be just the going theme of each team of how these things happen. They couldn't; they're similar, but they also couldn't be more different. You know, right? And, and these are two teams that that floated between City A and City yeah. Bay right. for long periods of time. And in fact, they did it so much that the first time they played a derby in City A right. was in November of two thousand one. Jesus. So, yeah. and the clubs were in existence since the early 1900s. Right, right. right. And now, um, now their co- now their coaches, right? They had one coach was the the Swedish guy there. What's his name? Um, Lidlholm. What is it? What, Lidlholm. Lidlholm. Yep. Lidlholm. Lidlholm that's now right. he played. For those that don't know, he was uh, uh, played at AC Milan, right? Mm-hmm. And he was teammates with uh, Nordal. Nordal, the other S- Swedish guy, who yes. was who was a goal scoring. Leader for many many years, man. I mean, if you go back to the scoring records of in the city, ah, you'll see this guy's name, Nordal. I'm hoping right. I'm pronouncing his name right, right? But he he's the one that had a lot of uh, goal scoring records as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's that. There you go with that that international coach again. You know what I'm saying? Correct. Uh, Correct. Yeah. It's crazy. 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 It is. So, um, what was I gonna say? So, Elas Verona had their greatest year, or greatest couple of years, when they had that great team in the early 2000s, right? right. So, they had players like Mutu, Camronesi, uh, Odo, 
uh, Martin Larson, if I remember correctly, right? He was on that group. Right. Um, you know, some really good players, and they ended up going down quickly after. They had, uh, well, Giladino was on that team as well. Right. Um, they, but uh, I, forg- I forget what actually happened. What, what was the cause that they ended up going down? For what? When they got. They were only in the league three years when they came back up. They didn't. I don't think they were part of. Um, not. They didn't do. It wasn't Calciopoli. They didn't. They were. No, 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 right? no. That was. Um, I think. Okay, no. So they actually. And they ended up. This is what it was, I believe. They ended up, like, overpaying for the players or something like that. And they okay. ended up. They had to sell off all the guys, right? right? Because that's when Mutu left, Camarinese left, all those guys left. Well, again, going back to as history repeats itself always in the city, yeah, man, it's, it's, you see, I'm not trying to, again, I'm not making this a Juve thing, but maybe I should make Mm -hmm. it a Juve thing, right? When you have a financial backing and it's a guarantee like you have with Mm -hmm. the Agnelli family and Fiat, right? You're always Mm -hmm. under that, you know, under that umbrella of safety and whatever. But then you see these big teams that come in. I'm sorry. These 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 smaller teams, the mid teams, you know, mid table teams or whatever, bottom level teams, and then you have this big financing, you know, this backing where you saw it with Fiorentina, you saw it with Parma, you know what I'm saying? You saw it with, and, and you see with, you know, Kevo, like you're saying now, and then what ends up happening is they end up, you know, going bankrupt or whatever because the f- the financial backing wasn't strong enough. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's it's crazy, man. Crazy. And then they had they had some more hard times after that. So they they obviously got relegated, and then a year later, they almost got relegated again. The city of Chi. Yeah. And if you remember, on the last day of the season, they had to beat Como in order to stay up. And and it was like a famous thing because I remember reading about it, and thousands of their fans went to Como to the game to yeah. help them to celebrate and the you know that they stayed up. Yeah. Because they just didn't they didn't have money to keep you know to keep the team afloat, and it took them. 14 years to get back into City A. Yeah. Another 14 years. So they've spent a lot of time languishing in the mid yeah. divisions, but with a very heavy, you know, Greek influence and, and, and really, and they, they pay homage to the rulers of this, of the city way back in the day. Right. right? Like with the Darby name and, and, and the, the, the princess that, you know, that, and princes that ruled the city. Right. Um, the Scala family arms yeah. is actually depicted on a jersey. Yeah. Yep. You know, like, so they are very rich heritage within their own, you right. know, within their own. Right. Um, and the, um, what was I going to say? The, uh, crap. But the, the, the former players there, as you said, it was, uh, some people don't, don't, don't they, they forget. Paolo Rossi played for, uh. Mm-hmm. For Hellas, uh, Cameronesi, who, and if anybody, uh, you know, whoever forgot about him, he was in the 2006 World Cup. He played for Juve, too. Um, mm-hmm. He was both uh, Argent- Argentine and Italian, right? Yes. Both uh, yeah. uh, Mutu with the, mm-hmm. with the with the sugar boogers, right? And yeah, the local shoe for Chelsea as well. Pesotto, who was a Juve legend, who was working for Juve, uh, I think still working for Juve now. Peruzzi, mm-hmm. we talked about Peruzzi, was a beast, right. played for Juve. Peruzzi played for Lazio, too? Did he play for Lazio? Lazio as well, yeah. Played for Lazio. Tomasi, who is now the the the, uh, the uh, current... Uh, yeah, before uh, he went to Roma, right? Before he went to Roma, the president, uh, Italian Football Association, and then Gilardino. And, you know, everybody mm-hmm. remembers Gilardino from the uh, 06 World Cup, but also his famous, uh, you know... And Massimo Aldo, too. Aldo played, yep. And then uh, what Gilardino was saying when we celebrate, right. he does that violin uh, mm-hmm. celebration... Um, and then Martin Larson ended up going to AC Milan after he left Verona, didn't he? Right, right. Danish yeah. center back. Yeah, yeah. 
So uh, they only got one scoot that though, right? It was 84-85 that they won it. That's right. Yeah, 84-85 right. is when they won it. Now, the interesting thing too is, is I, as you know, I always get into the ultras and I always, I'm so fascinated by you mm -hmm. know, their following. They actually have a right wing and a left wing. They had a right wing and left wing kind of groups and they coexisted. Which is crazy if you think which about is it. Crazy, yeah. You have a you have a fan base that as you know you're so extreme to one end, and you're kind of you know on this other side where. Um, but going back to what you're saying before, what I was going to add in is when you're talking about these with the Greek influences, whatever it's it's not, you know it's very actually it's very common for if you go to a Genoa game, there's constant constant tifo with an English flag flying right. right. So you'll see the same thing with Hellas Verona where there's a Greek flag or whatever. So the two. So you had the Hellas Army, right, and then you had the Rude Boys. Those were the two that kind of coexisted. But the mm -hmm. biggest one they have is the the BG, which is the Yellow Blue uh, Brigade, Brigade, and that's the one that you know could. It, it's almost second to what the uh, Eriducibile is. It's 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 right. up there, man. They're very very um, very intense and in, in, in ultra at the highest level. Um, and a mm -hmm. great book to read and it's actually I haven't I still haven't opened and I'm so pissed it's, it's by Tim Parks it's a season with Verona and he actually follows these guys that brigade around and uh, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to get learn a little bit more about Hellas Verona because of from, mm -hmm. that, from that book and just kind of the feedback I have gotten from uh, from people saying how crazy uh, um, you know that that their uh, their whole story is but they're also referred to in Italy and you got to help me with the pronunciation of this Tommy it's mm -hmm. uh, is it xenophobia? Xenophobia? Is that xenophobia. what it is? That, xenophobia. Yeah. It's a Greek. Xenophobia. It's a Greek meaning for like a stranger or like a foreigner. So okay. I can only imagine being labeled as Hellas Verona in mm -hmm. the country of what they're labeled as and what they're looked at it from the rest of the country. Right. right. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's like you said they're 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 labeled as outsiders because. They literally found that everything that they were founded on. First of all, it's founded by kids, right? Yeah. But what they were founded on was a foreign principle. Whereas with Inter, they just wanted to have foreign players, but there was Italians in the right, ownership right. group. Yeah. These, 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 the people that own that started Verona were kids, and probably through no fault of their own, didn't know any better. Just took the name from their teacher. Right. And but forever labeled the club as outsiders right right 100, right. 100 years ago right so it's 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 really interesting how and, and like you said in the last episode we're so behind with this kind of stuff that this has been held on to for centuries now yeah. right yeah. like like i mean if, if you if you know a, a verona fan now the chances are they're probably not greek right like, right. You know? right so um right, right. But I, I mean, I, I, like the shocking things again. Like I, like I said, were you know, you know, you had young kids that started the team and stuff like that. But you didn't. Mm -hmm. When I went back and I was like, wow, those are the players that played for this team. Like there's some, mm -hmm. from let some legends here that, that obviously yeah. started off their careers there. And uh, but um, you know, again, people are probably like, oh, you're, you're talking about teams that you know got like one Scudetto or whatever it is. That's mm -hmm. that's the reality, man. Like those, mm -hmm. there's not many, you know, and the teams that we'll get into. You know, next, and obviously that's with Genoa. How many? You know, they were dominant. You know, and some yeah, people that we talked about the early years of football. They right, you talked about Torino, and you know how big that. Some people have never even heard of uh, Pro Vercelli. You know, Pro Vercelli right. was a team yeah. that was winning many Scudettos, and they, you know, if you go down the the list of how many uh, uh, they had, they they were also a dominant uh, 
uh, mm-hmm. club at, at one point. But um, yeah, that's I mean that's good stuff with the with the Hellas Verona. We're trying to keep it, you know, as give you the information but not spend spend too much time on it you know kind of right. giving you your, your take or whatever we you think guys, last year was a special case guys. yeah and that's you guys and you guys will get ready for the bout that'll that'll happen soon when it's napoli juve that's going to be a big yes. bout um, yes, you know we're gonna, we're gonna have to be in the same room for that yeah we'll, we'll, we'll wait for that one man that's going to be a good one but so let's uh what do you think man we move on to uh we'll, we'll save uh sampadoria for uh frank uh yeah uh you know go into that but start off with um Start off with the uh, with uh, Genoa. Genoa. Genoa was this. I I just I don't want to cut you off, Tommy. But the, the thing with yeah, but the thing with Genoa, man, is like it's you know being a history buff. So the first thing that obviously you want to know, you're like, all right, how did this all start? How did it all begin? How did it all get into um, mm-hmm. you know? And you're obviously knowing if you knew anything about football prior, you knew okay, it's it started in England and had you know Scottish influence or whatever. But as these you know, Englishmen went out when there was, you know, either World War One or World War Two, or they were working on docks in other countries. What were they going to bring with them? They were going to bring, um, you know, they were going to bring uh, football with them. So that's how these mm-hmm. influences all happened, whether it was in Europe or in South America. Right. Um, yeah. So, like most of the clubs back then, um, when they were started, so they were founded in 1893. Yeah. Which is a long, long time ago, right? Right. Um, they were founded as a cricket and athletic club. So the actual original name of the club was Genoa Cricket and Athletic Club. Yeah, so it's, it's um, Genoa, not to, not to be confused with the Connecticut one, but it's actually Genoa CFC. That's correct. what it was. Yeah, it is now, but it was originally Genoa Cricket so I'm wondering, and Athletic Club. So I'm wondering how CFC gets away with uh, keeping that name. <laughs> might, have to, might have to talk about that one, right? Yeah. But yeah, that's, so, again, the influence of the English influence, right? Yeah, we're, so and they predominantly didn't do football in the beginning. Right? Exactly. Like it was mostly yep. cricket, and and that was because the club was set up really to to really represent English people abroad, right? right? Like it wasn't it wasn't set up to be a footballing team, and their kits were even all white, just like the English national team. Yep. And at first, you know, Italians weren't even allowed to play on the team. Like yeah. it, it was it was a really an English thing. Um, and then, so let's let's go know. back to that for a second, Tommy. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's how we went back to, you know, uh, what you're talking about with like Hellas Verona, like how you know it's it's such a strong influence from another country. You're right. in Italy, mm-hmm. playing this sport here, right? And there's no Italians on the team. Right. You and they weren't even allowed to be on the team. And they weren't allowed to be on the team. It's crazy. Right. Crazy. It, it is. It is crazy. Um, the club itself didn't start doing football until 1897. Right. Um, and that was when it started to become important. Italians could then join the group. Um, everybody was nice and nice, right? Yeah. Um, and then not long later, they started playing friendlies. And they actually played friendlies against local teams like everybody else did, but against English sailors as well. Yeah. Again, the heavy English influence. Yep. Um, and I think it was one of the... Um, one of the major vessels. Uh, it was yeah, the HMS Revenge was a famous British vessel that they were actually playing friendlies against those sailors that were coming off. Yep. Um, which is crazy to think that, right? So, ge- um, so, so ge- uh, from a, like a geographic uh, uh, st- standpoint, right? That's mm-hmm. so that area there 
um, Salvadoria, Genoa area. That's they're they're a big port, right? They're on, on the yes. on the yes. right. Right. Okay. Um, and uh, so and immediately they start winning things, right? Because they know how to play the game because they're English. They right. they threw the game started. So eighteen ninety eight, they start winning things. Right. Um, and they win pretty much every championship up until nineteen oh eight. Right. Right. Um, almost everyone, not everyone, but um. In 1908, what happened was the association said that you can no longer have foreigners on the team. So a lot of people refuted and actually sat out that championship year. Right. And Genoa was one of them. Um, they uh, Eventually, it came back in 1909, right? The, they said they reversed the rule. You can come back, all that stuff. Good job. Um, and they come back as Genoa football a cricket and football club. Right. Right. And in steps in Luigi Ferrari. Right. Which is. Sound familiar? Sound familiar. Yeah. Doesn't it? Yep. So, yeah. So, that's, so you guys, we're, we're not telling them, but that's what their, uh, what their stadium is called. Right. What well, a stadium that them and some share. Right. 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 Um, so, yeah, just talk about Luigi Ferrari a little bit. I mean, he was, he's their first club legend, isn't he? He's their first couple. Then that was when when he was there. Was William Garbutt there? Was he the coach yet? So he had come. I think Garbutt had come in a little bit after that. So obviously, you know, with the strong influence of um, you know international players, people from England, right? This was obviously mm-hmm. the guy now could be, you know, a hero to to Genoa. You know what I mean? Because now they're right. finally you have an Italian player that people can relate to. Um, but now, did he is in terms of his. Uh, um, what, they didn't. I didn't read in this. But what position did he? Was he? What was he? Where, where did he usually play? Um, I couldn't find it actually. They didn't I was put it looking on there, right? Stuff. That's what I was yeah. saying too. Yeah. Um, but uh, see, there's so many. You know, this is what I'm saying too. That kind of aggravates me. Is like, mm-hmm. I wish I was one of those guys on like Copa ninety or those guys that can travel all over and you can actually go to these these towns. Maybe it's somewhere, you know, anybody out there else who pay for me and Tommy, the city a holes. You want to go and market this, the whole thing. But, right. you know, you want to get every ounce of that information because obviously when we do the UV Napoli stuff, it's going to be ridiculous amount of info because we've gone so far to get that info. Um, mm-hmm. But this, you know, again, what else did you get on uh, on uh, on the on, uh, Luigi there? Because I didn't – what was his first no, name? Yeah, for so Luigi, right? Luigi, Luigi Ferrari, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, they, they, they ended up rebuilding the squad around him. Yeah. Um, and then also saw in, in those years in like 1909, 1910 – they actually created the ground at the Marassi, which is where the stadium is near today, right. isn't it? Right. Um, and it would, they had it, it back then. They held twenty five thousand people, which is crazy, because it was comparable to again British stadiums at the time. Right. And it you know officially opened in nineteen eleven, like everybody knows. Um, but that's when they kind of also started to take a dip, right? Um, there was about a three four year dip where that's when William Garbutt was brought in right. to revive the team. Um, so William Garbutt is known as the father of Italian football, right? And correct. there's another great book out there that's that's exactly what the what the what the um, the book's called mm-hmm. is known as as William Garbutt, um, the father of football, and he was known also as the first Mister. So correct. for he those was the that first right, so first, which is, what people don't uh, know about. Uh, and I actually teach my uh, my soccer teams this a lot. Is that mm-hmm. um, is 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 what um, people call a coach in Italy is is Mister. And the reason why mm-hmm. that came is because you had 
these English, you know, guys coming in and teaching the game, and the Italians there, out of respect, would call them, you know, the Mister. That's that's mm-hmm. that's how it's. So that's how that's. You know, in England you call them the Gaffer, and in in Italy they call them the Mister. Mm-hmm. I believe they call them. I do that in Spain as well. I, I, that's what I heard. I heard they call them Mister too. Maybe uh, DJ can help us with that. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so. But yeah, that's who um, William Garbutt is. He's the father. Yeah, he's the he was the father. first professional yep. manager in Italy. Yep. Right. Yep. And he like he he kind of adapted to our style, right? Because they said he was constantly smoking. Right. right? While he was right. on coaching, yeah. so that's the typical Italian, isn't it? Like you know, um, uh, Sadi uh, you know, and uh, Lippi. Yeah, Sadi Lippi. I mean, it's crazy. Every, everybody. Um, and then by 1915, he had the team back in the top. You know, they were winning things again. Um, and then the, the league gets stopped because of the war, right? Yep. And, and uh, you know, after the war, they remain strong. They keep winning things. You know, Garba is still in charge after the war. They won six um, titles out of seven, right? Yeah. And then yeah. the war go. they go into war. They actually had played. This is what this is what, sh- what that where I just was shocking to me. Right. Mm-hmm. There is this successful team. OK. And I'm just thinking about nowadays. Right. Obviously, I know mm-hmm. we're dealing with what we're dealing with. But this is what they dealt with. Right. They're a successful team. They're, they're winning. They got this professional coach. They're the first team in Italy. Everything's going great. They're dominant. This is literally mm-hmm. the Juve. Grande Torino, Grande yeah. Inter. This is the level of what Genoa was. It was, and people now are probably hearing this, like, "Oh my God!" Like they're like barely, you know, a top, t- you know, middle table. They might get relegated. And they're they might get, getting relegated. And they might get relegated. They're actually in the relegation zone as we speak, of where they left off. But mm-hmm. the great, the crazy thing is, is they go to World War uh, Two. They have players yeah. that sorry, World War One. They have players yep. that actually die in World War One, right? But they come back and they still have that success. You think about that. Luigi Ferrari dies in World War One. World, that's this is what I'm saying. This is the yeah. this is what like what these people dealt with. You're a team went the guy went off to war, but they, it was the norm. It's like oh we're in a, you know this, it's war and this is how the world mm-hmm. is and but it created that, that just was shocking to me that now you're going back to the team yeah. and boom you had people that and, died. And in not the war. only not only players but. One of the founders, uh, James Richardson Spensley, is also killed in World War One at the right, time. Right. So the club suffers heavy losses, and they come out and they win the league in twenty two, twenty three, and they win it again, and they win their last title in twenty three, twenty four. And, and when so we talk, won, ab- sorry, go ahead, Tommy. No, yeah. So they've not won uh, an Italian football championship in since nineteen twenty four. Right. But this is why Garba is so revered because. Right. Of mm-hmm. that that tragedy that happens to the team, he still keeps them intact and and makes them relevant and obviously winning these in these titles mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I'm, I'm, I mean, this is this guy is revered as just everything, especially mm-hmm. in that region of of how it was. And and this is also gonna what we're gonna obviously get into as well is why Genoa are you know some of the more hated uh uh you know clubs that people just cannot stand to go play is because they feel and again this is going back to that italian pride thing mm-hmm. we are the first club we're right. the first club and then obviously why there's a lot of hatred towards genoa is because it's like well are you an italian club or are you an english club because you fly right. the english english flag and the english flag mm-hmm. is in your badge and stuff and and then that's where there's that 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 uh, that anger towards it, you know. And these are how these things spark, just from simple things like that. 
Yeah, no, I mean, and, and then it's it's so true. And then they go through a period in the 30s where at this time, there's the greatest club in the nation, right? In the nation's history, they're yep. far and away. They're, they're, they're killing everybody. And they suffer their first relegation to City of Bay yep. in 34. Yeah. Which is, it, it starts a matter of, of highs and lows for the club over the next 15 years. Yeah, because Garbutt ended up leaving, and I think he went up north. He started moving up north, and he he went up to Milan, and right. So in in, in the uh, so in the late twenties, actually before that, sorry, the late twenties under fascist government, they're one of the clubs that's forced to change their name and they merge, right? So they become Genova, eighteen ninety three Circolo de Calcio. Wow! Right, and so their name gets changed. So now people are just calling them Genova. And they suffer relegation, like I said, in 34. Um, they bounce back quickly. Um, in 37, they win the Coppa Italia. So things are looking great, right? Yep. They have, um, they finish third the next year, um, right behind Ambrosiana Inter, who we talked about earlier. Yep. Right? In the summer of 38, there's three general players on the team that win the World Cup. Then the club's doing really, really well. And then World War II hits, yep. and it affects a club just as it does the rest of Italian football, right? Yeah. Uh, in '45, they go back to their name of Genoa Cricket and Football Club. Um, in the years after the war, they start to try and go back to that early stage to try and recapture some of their success, and they actually bring back former managers, including Garba actually comes back to help manage the team. Yep. But now, come 46, Sabandoria is a part of the picture, and they're sharing a stadium. The greatest club in Italy's history is now sharing a stadium. So what Tommy just said, I want you guys to re- just kind of remember what he said there, because this mm-hmm. is going to obviously spark now when we go to talk to Sampdoria of why that rivalry started, why that, mm-hmm. why those derbies started. Yeah. And, and then the 40s, again, they're mid-table. Garbutt can't get things going. But there is a really significant three results in the 48-49 season that keep them up and keep them in mid-table, right? Right. So they beat Inter 4-1, which is a big deal because Inter are good at the time, right? Right. They beat the Grande Torino side 3-0, who was winning everything at this point. And then they beat Padova, who was actually strong at the, at the time, and they beat them 7-1, and those three results actually kept them up, right. or else they would have gone down, Right. Um, which is unheard of for, again, a club of this stature who had gone down once already. Um, the 50s were a terrible time for them. Again, 60s started. They went back up to Serie A, some respectable results, but nothing ever to the magnitude of what actually happened in the, the beginning of the club, right? Like, they started, it's like, they started at the, on that roller coaster where you're going up and up and up and up and it just right. they just fall and the bottom falls out a little bit, you know. And we just um, thought, we talked about it too, man. Where it's like if you don't have that consistency of that financial backing, these are the things mm-hmm. that are going to happen, man. You know what I mean? There's right. so many. Cl- and again, we're bringing up this history of these teams and bringing up these these things so you guys can get that that info. But when it comes down to it, it's it's about the money and these financial the financial backing, and that's why yeah. these clubs fall by the wayside, which is sad because, I mean, the last time that they had 
any kind of hint of a little bit of success was 91 when they went to the right. the uh the uefa cup semi and they played ajax and they mm-hmm. and they they almost ajax ended up winning but um mm-hmm. um and they they didn't go they didn't go through but uh they also they had some bad times too they got demoted uh to this uh city uh chia uno Mm-hmm. Um, because of the max max uh, uh, fixing mm-hmm. uh, scandal, that was Calciopoli, Calcio- right? Were they part of that or no? They were not part of that. It was another no, max. They they this was another max match uh, right. match fixing uh, scandal. Um, now their badge too was something that you know I wanted to discuss. Is that their badge mm-hmm. has a griffin in it, which is like kind of like right. a um, what's the word that you can look for? It's like a. What, what the, those are like those Lord of the Ring, uh, yeah, like a dragon myth- type myth- thing, right? Like a Harry Potter stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and then they got the England, uh, the England badge on there that's still there to this day, man. And it's it's legit. If you went to a game right. and say, you know, someone just dropped you off in there, you'd think you were, at, you know, in England because of how many flags yeah. you would see. Because that's the no influence, doubt, you know. And uh, I, I love that one of their um, what is it? One of their nicknames is the Vecchio Balordo, the old fool. Yeah. Right? Because they, they were always smarter than everybody. They were this. They were that, you know? Um, and this, is, this, is, this is literally a club that's that mm-hmm. old man that mm-hmm. just doesn't want to adapt. It doesn't want to change. It just, this is who we are, and we're the first. And think about what we talked about before, where it comes down to a pasta dish, or it comes down to a certain grape, or it comes down to whatever, Right. Now, with that thick-headed pride, this is who I am, I'm not submissive, go to hell, we're mm-hmm. the first, and that's it. And so that's why you, you, have, uh, you, know, you have these issues. I remember when Juve was demoted, when they went down for uh, you know, the Calciopoli, when they went down to City of B, Genoa, was, it was horrible. When we went to Genoa, mm-hmm. man, it was freaking, it was nuts. Because again, there's such a strong hatred um, I think you were in Napoli, Napoli too, man. When you guys were in the city, yeah. too, it was it was it was crazy. But Genoa was one of those where it was it was it was pretty intense, very very intense when we went down to those games. Yeah, and, and like you said, man, like this, it's 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 almost like being in England, right? The colors themselves are the white in the in the crest is representative of England. Yep. The blue is representative that it's a port city. Yep. Right. So they wanted to represent the water. Right. Um, you know, and obviously the Griffin being there is, is part of the coat of arms to the city itself, but right. and the red stripe being for King George. Yeah. So, you know, that's it, it's when you go to these games, guys. That you you feel like you're in a game in in London, or you know, it's 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 just like being in England. And the other um, thing, the other thing too, Tommy, is that um, you know, there's always questions by the like the casual fan. It's like, oh, you know, when I'm looking at a badge, like I don't know, like is it a soccer team? Because all the badges, South American. Italian, mm-hmm. Italian, Spanish, English, whatever. The majority of those badges, they don't actually show a soccer ball on their right. badge. One that comes to mind that I can just throw it out there is uh, Sosolo actually has a soccer ball on their badge. But other ones mm-hmm. don't. And the reason being is what Tommy had said from the beginning is these clubs had such strong – they weren't just football clubs. They were athletic clubs. They were mm-hmm. a cricket club. So they couldn't just put it as you know a soccer ball on their badge. It was – and to be honest with you, too, is is the badges are just, you know, one of my favorite things. I, if we can do a show on just the history of the badges, oh, it would be incredible. Cool. And we're going to talk about the next team we're going to talk about. I'm going to be honest with you. I think as would win the award 
for one of the best badges in world football. I mean, they're, awesome. they're, 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 they're bad. Their badge is just, I know Frank awesome. is just like standing up and just going to nuts right now, but he, it, that, their badge is phenomenal. And it's something that's, uh, it's really cool. And we'll talk to, talk about them in a second, but some of the top players that they've, that, that Genoa has, has had is Diego Melito. Mm-hmm. And Diego Melito, obviously when he went to, uh, then he eventually went to Inter, but Diego Melito, Melito looks like Rocky Balboa. That's yeah. That's that's exactly. And, and, and on the '92 team, you had Signorini and Aguilera. Yeah. Um, then you had you know, uh, Tiago. Don't forget Tiago Mota was on the team too, and then Tiago Mota, right. who actually was was just fired as uh, yes, as right. the coach. Now with uh, David Di uh, Nicolia is the uh, is the coach yeah. of the team now. So, um, but yeah, I mean Genoa is just. Here's what we wanted you guys to learn and think about with Genoa. Genoa isn't just known for deli meats, okay? Even though they're <laughs> phenomenal, they make great Genoa salami, and it's now I'm getting hungry, and you know it's 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 a beautiful thing. But they're they're known for they were literally the top team in Italy. They're the first team in Italy, and right. they were and they were dominant. They really were, mm-hmm. were dominant and. To have something a part of your history where you say you have the coach that is known as the first mister, as the father of Italian football, that's a crazy history. I'm telling you right now, I'm the biggest Juve fan you can be. I can't I can't tell you that kind of history. Yeah, I and Renzo helped start the club, and he's considered the founder of the game. Exactly, right? exactly. So, so that's, that's where you see that grump. Cool. That's where you see that grumpiness, man. That's where you mm-hmm. see it's like, listen, you can run your mouth all you want. The teams in the north, the success, whatever it is, we were the first, period. That's, that's that's how right. it is. So, all right. So let's go ne- go to their uh, their 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 younger brother, man. Like their younger yeah. sibling. Sibling, the, uh, I guess you could say. The Derby de la Lanterna. Yeah. Right? The Lantern Derby. Yeah. So um, Sam- Sampdoria. Go ahead. What do you what do you got yeah, with Sampdoria? So Samp, like Genoa, was started it, it very early in 1891, um, and there was no football at at the beginning. Yeah. Um, it was actually. First known as Gimnastica Sampia Sampia Renze. Yeah. Right. Yep. Which is a mouthful. Um, I I was I was hoping to God you were going to be able to pronounce that man. <laughs> how, how did you say it? Samper Deraneski. Samper Deraneski. 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 Okay. All right. And then uh, there was another club in the same city, named and it was named to honor. Andrea Doria, which was called Society Andrea Doria. So those are not um, the Ste- that, those are not the Stella Doria uh, cookies. That's right. right. Okay. Yeah. Are they? Are they exactly. I don't even know. Is that where it came from? I don't. No, know. no, no. So <laughs> that was founded in 1895. Right. Um, but they were very focused on football straight away. Yep. Um, but they actually did not participate in what was now the FIGC, the Italian, which was then the Italian Football Federation. Um, uh, Doria did not participate in those championships. Um, they actually participated in the Federation of Gymnastica once, right. um, and they didn't join the Football Federation until 19, uh, 1903, yeah. and actually didn't win a game until 1907, which is crazy. Wow. The thing about the first four years, they didn't even win a game. It sounds, um, it sounds like stop now, dude. <laughs> that's right. And, but they, they're actually, they, their first win was actually against Genoa. So think about that. There you go. Um, and again, uh, they start to show promise so, right before the war. So right? just to go back, uh, Tommy. So it, it's mm-hmm. it's it's UC Sampdoria, right? So the UC stands for yeah. stands for Union Union. How do you spell it? Union Union Calcio, which is football yep. union. 
I hope I'm right. saying that Correct. right, right? But the fo- yep. that's what they're known as is the football union. Right. Yeah. Correct. Yep. Um, so, but again, there are two separate clubs at this point. Um, 1910, 1911, you start to see Doria start to get some results where they finish above Juve, Inter, and Genoa in the in the Lombardy Liguria region. Right. Um, and after World War One, I'm going to shorten their name to Samp because that was Sampiadense. Okay. Samp competes in the Italian Championship after they bought another club in Genoa. So they actually, this is like the first major merger where they paid for another club, which was Pro Liguria of Bolzaneto. Right. So in that next year, Samp played Doria in the regional final. Wow. Or in the local final, which is pretty interesting, right? Um, and they qualified for what was the national round in, 90, in uh, 21-22, where the Italian top leagues, again, there's no national one comp- competition at this point. It's split into two sections. Right. So they're both playing in the top tier, but they're in separate sections. Right. So Samp is playing in the FIGC now run, and Doria is playing in the CCI version, which is a separate league, right? Right. Um, Samp does really well. Doria starts, but they're not doing as well, but they're doing okay. And then they actually come together, which everybody at this point, you think it's going to be, they're coming together, it's going to be Samp and Doria. Well, they actually come together to make up a team called La Dominante, right? The dominant ones. Yeah. Only... They weren't very good. Um, they were wearing green and black, which is what Sassuolo wears now. Right. And they were sent into City of Bay because they were a new club. Finished third, don't get promoted. Changed their name after a year to Ligoria. And they finished bottom and end up getting relegated. So then they go back to their original two clubs, separate, okay? And they both get put in and... They start to do okay. Um, Samp gets promoted to City A. Doria gets sent down to City A. Um, something in the late 30s starts to merge with more clubs trying to become bigger and bigger and bigger, right? So they merge with two clubs called Colignanese and Rivalorese, and they change their name again to Asocione Liguria Calcio. They finish fifth in 39. And the club was relegated in 40 and comes back up in 41. Jeez. So there's a there's a there's a turbulent history right now, and the club isn't even started yet. Frank, what are you um, doing following this team, dude? Yeah, Frank, what's going on here, right? Jesus. So fast forward, the war happens, the Second World War happens, and both teams come out of the war, and things kind of flip a little bit, don't they, Tony? Yeah. Doria starts to do well. Yeah. They're top of the table. Mm-hmm. And some it's not doing as well. Right. So a merger happens on August twelfth of nineteen forty-six, and finally, Unione Calcio Sabandoria is born. Frankie, it took you until nineteen forty-six to have a yes. the first. You know, they have a brand new chairman, a new ambitious entrepreneur comes in and replaces him by the name of Amedio Risotto, um, and they just start to kind of get some. What's the word? Some stability, right? They're one club. Stability, um, to say the least, huh? Yeah, stability, right? They're, they're no longer eight clubs. They're one club. God. And the one of the agreements when they started the club was that they made sure that the kits were reflective of both teams that were coming together. 
right? So the blue came from Doria. Yep. And the red, the black, and the white midsection came from Samp. Um, but just going back, month, but just going yeah, back, but, Tommy. Now, there's the thing again where we're going back to the stubbornness, the thick-headedness, mm-hmm. where. <laughs> That that it was all, all all roads were leading to all right. Let's let's get let's keep this combined. Let's let's do this. And they're they're the refusal where it's like no, yeah. we're too proud in what our thing is. We don't want to combine. This was just one of those situations where it just happened by, you know. Hey, listen. Yes, at the yeah. end of the day, by chance, let's let's just let's combine mm-hmm. forces there because look how many times you had this up and down. Getting relegated, one team good, one team not, and they and they, again, there's that refusal to just to combine forces, you know. Yeah, and you have to think in '46, right? Part of the merger was probably because of post-war situations in the country. Absolutely, right? absolutely. Because of the side that Italy was on, um, the country had been beaten on, you know, battered, and they probably money was probably a little bit tight. They probably figured, hey, let's come together, let's see if we can, you know, stabilize this thing. Um, and in that same first month, they agreed, they, they merged, there's no kiss, and they, they forced Genoa to share the stadium with them, even though it's Genoa Stadium and it's named after their, one of their greatest players. Right. Um, so later that year, they start hosting both Genoa and Sabandoria home games, which is crazy that all this happened, and it's been 40 years, and the club's been about nine different names, right? More than Inter even that went through. Right. Um, I mean, and then they start to, they don't really start to have success, like real success until 79. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so, and in 79 and I say success and they're playing in city of Bay, um, but they were, they were bought by a businessman, an oil man, um, Paolo Mantovani, who, if anybody doesn't know who he is, like look him up because he's the reason that Sabandonia are even relevant because right. that's, you know. Um, he invests heavily into the team. They get back up to the top flight in 82. They win their first Copa Italia in 85, right? Yep. Boom. It, you know, within six years of him buying the team, it was like Abramovich back then, right? Yep. Yep. He comes in, he spends money. They're doing well. They win the Copa Italia. Um, in 86, they make the appointment of probably their best coach to date who was a former player of theirs, right? Um, the guy's name is Yugos, Yug, or sorry, he's Yugoslavian. His name is Vujadin Boskov. Yeah. Okay? And he played for Sabondoria in the 60s. Um, and so this is an important appointment because they immediately win their second Copa Italia in 88. They go to the Cup Winners' Cup, the European Cup Winners' Cup, which used to exist, everybody. So what it was was there was the UEFA Cup, and there was the Cup Winners' Cup, and the Cup Winners' Cup was all the teams that won, like FA Cup, Copa Italia, Copa del Rey. They put them in a separate European competition. Which is a sick tournament, by the way. Yeah, it was awesome, right? You it gotta, was really you, cool. Like, throw out um, the, dude, just come back with those tournaments. Those are the tournaments Yeah, that thing watch. was great. Yeah. Um, and they go to the final that year, yeah. right? And they lose to what was the start of Cruyff's dynasty at Barcelona. Right. Yep. So they lose to that team two nil. Um, that great team that had you know all those players on it for years and years. Coleman, Guardiola, Romario, Stoichkov. All these guys are not all on the team yet, but there's the start of that. Right. 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 Chiki Bittingstein is on the team. Um, and then they win the Copa Italia again a year later. 
and go and win the Cup Winners' Cup. Frank, you guys are starting to have success. Hey, I took as a Yugoslavian guy, right? There you they go. win it. They beat Anderlecht in extra time. Um, then a year later, again, they win their first and only Scudetto by five points over Paulo Zinter. Um, and you remember that Samp team, right? That was 91. Yeah. You remember the guys on that team? Viali, Pagliuca, uh, Mancini, Mancini, Cerezo. Vin, uh, Lombardo's on that team. Now, here, you know, here, Vi- Wood was on that team, and Wood, for those that don't re- uh, remember, he was on the 96 right. uh, uh, UVA team, which is a phenomenal uh, uh, back, um, and he won that when we won the Champions League with Juve, it was on, right. 90, it was on uh, 1996, uh, uh, Verone. Uh, mm-hmm. Was Verone on that team then? Uh, he was not on that same team, no. He wasn't on that set, uh, but Lombardo, 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 was, Lombardo was now I'm gonna team, bring up. Yeah. I'm gonna bring up Lombardo. Remember when we and talked Bosco, about? And Boscov is still coaching the team, by the way. Yeah, but when, <laughs> when I'm gonna bring up Lombardo is Lombardo was the guy. Remember we were talking? Maybe you were talking about the Portugal uh, Italy game in Yale Bowl. Remember yeah. I said that bald guy that scored would there? I just I had to look it up. It was zero zero. <laughs> that game was zero zero, but Lombardo was on that team. He got subbed in, and he was the one that went up for that header. I'll never mm-hmm. forget his bald head. And he, mm-hmm. I, either the keeper saved it or it went over the post. So that yeah, when, right. when I right. when you when you saw Lombardo there, I was like, oh my god, that's that's who that was. Yep, that's right. Yeah. Um, and, and Boskov is still head coach. And the following season, they get to the European Cup final, and they walk into Cruyff again, and it just doesn't go well, nope. right? Um, and then in 1993, the club suffers its greatest loss ever, right? Mantovani dies. Yep. Um, and it's tragic because he's the man who was behind the entire resurgence, right? Yeah, yeah. He he brought them all this success, and Boskov is coaching, and he brought back some. He brought back one of their own, a guy that was playing, and and he's had success as a manager. And his son immediately replaces him, and to his credit, he starts out all right, doesn't he? Yeah. Right. They win another Coppa Italia. Um, the next four seasons. There's a transition period, but his son does okay because he starts bringing in guys like Veron, Ariel Ortega. That's when Veron came in, yep. Yeah, the Archangel Ariel. uh, Sorry, not the Archangel. Sorry, Ariel Ortega, uh, Seydorf, Karambu. I mean, some good, like, some guys had some pretty good careers, didn't they? Yeah. Um, So he does okay in the beginning. well, then it kind of goes south, doesn't it? In 99, they go down. Um, they come back in 2002. They're bought by another oilman. Um, you know, and, and they kind of float around a little bit. They call, go down, come up. Um, they have guys like Mazzotti managing the team, comes in, does okay. Yeah. Um, and that was, the, uh, that was that team of, uh, you know, when they started to show some, you know, Getting a little bit better was uh, when they had Cassano on the team and they had yeah. Palumbo on the team and they had right. uh, um, what's his name the the forward there. Um, what was it? Oh, Pazzini. Pazzini, right? Those yeah. guys. Yeah. Um, so Cassano and Pazzini come in in 2008 um, and they finished sixth and they qualified for the UEFA Cup, which is now the Europa League. Yep. The next year is their greatest year and to date. Um, in terms of recent history, under your favorite manager, Del Neri. Yep. Um, they finished fourth and make the Champions League. Yeah. Um, 
the next year just is disastrous. They go from their best ever season to Beppe Marotta leaves and goes to Juve, right? Yep. He was in charge. He was the director of football. He leaves. He goes away. They're playing in the Champions League and get relegated in the same year. Yeah. Like, I mean, disaster. Um, at the highest level. At the highest level. They go from 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 their greatest achievement since the 80s and, you know, late 80s, early 90s is getting into the Champions League in what's a hard hard league to getting relegated. Yeah. And, like, it just... But we go we go back to the same thing I said. When you go when you have an inconsistency, right, mm-hmm. with the financial backing, when people are going back and forth, when you know someone's you know promising these things or whatever it is, when you don't have the financial backing, when it's not consistent, okay, right. these things are gonna these these clubs are gonna fall apart. And the other yeah. thing too is you're gonna be it's gonna be mm-hmm. a it's gonna be a tag sale. Of these players, yes. you got Cassano yes. there, you got Pazzini there. These players are gonna mm-hmm. get sold out, and then you know now, you know, and it's the other thing too is what's what's tough is they're in such a bad financial crisis that you know so a lot of these clubs that they can't mm-hmm. set it up like a Porto, they can't set it up like an IX where it's mm-hmm. they're selling these players, but they're getting something in return, and they're continuing mm-hmm. their academy and their and their development and stuff like that. That's not how this is working. If you see like a Parma mm-hmm. or a Fiorentina or uh you know again with Fiorentina now, you know, and all and I got I got to give credit to Tommy because he plays in a stadium, but uh uh <laughs> with uh with uh what's his name? Um Rocco. Rocco Camiso, they you know, now he's got to, you know, and that's again, that's stability. It's the stability mm-hmm. that they need, you know, as much as uh Di Laurentiis is is might be a little cuckoo sometimes, it's stability. There's stability there. You know? Yeah, and I think I think they lost a bit of that when when Mantovani and his son, well, Mantovani died obviously, right, right. and then his son kind of sold the team. Um, and I think you lose that a little bit because yeah. you know now you have Ferreros in there and he's doing a okay job now. But uh, another funny tidbit before we go backwards to some history is in 2015. This is a nice little poke at Genoa here. Genoa finishes sixth, right? And they qualify for the Europa League, but they can't obtain the proper UEFA license. Remember the same thing happened to Portsmouth? Right, yep. So Sabandoria finishes seventh and gets to take their spot in the Europa League the next year, <laughs> which, which I'm sure Frank loves. And don't um, forget, too, they're battling, you know, when before this all kind of went down with the coronavirus and stuff like that, they were battling. And I remember you asked me the question, like, yeah. because of the rivalry so big, is like, what would you rather have? Would you rather stay, you know what I mean, and, and, and have, yeah. the, you know, have your team drop down? So Sampin, and I think it's Lecce that's right in between them. It's Sampadori, Lecce, and Genoa right there in that relegation right. battle. So. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because... For a club in its first 50 years that had no stability and up, down, all the time, they really they really only had a 15-year period where they were any sort of stable up until maybe since now when Ferrero came in. And like you said, for clubs like this to have some sort of not just financial stability, but somebody in charge, right? Like the same face, the same name. Um Having somebody that's one of your own in charge of the group is so important, right? Right. Because for the first 50 years, you can't say that about any one person in the club. No. You can't say there was one of our own or we don't even play in our own friggin' stadium. 
right? Like there's no, they, they don't have any of that. But for a 15 year period, you had that in your chairman and president and owner, and you had it in your head coach, and that's when they were successful. And that and 15, in mo- that 15, and most recent, uh, they've been more recently successful than Genoa has ever been. Now, I'm not right. sure you say ever been because Genoa obviously in the beginning, right? But uh, since then, right? since since yeah. then, they've been more more successful. But um, now we go back to Mancini. Mancini is for those that don't know, he's the the head coach for the Italian national team. Now he holds mm-hmm. the record for the most. Uh, the, the most goal, he's a goal, top goal scorer, and he's also the most uh, uh, appearances. You know, and, mm-hmm. and again, I mean, if you think about it, like you know, Samp is something of a team that you can more, I guess, kind of go back to because, especially me and you, Tom, you know, Tommy and and Frank as well, because there was players there that we could we knew of like Pazzini and Cassano, mm-hmm. and then obviously going back as far as Viali, Pagliuca, and and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Mancini as well. So you know, I think that we can, you know, you almost. You know, you know more about Sampdoria now than you did of what Genoa was because Genoa just straight up has not been successful at all. Um, in, in and they're true to their nickname in recent years. And and, yeah, I mean, it's it's just crazy because again, so they had so so they had one Scudetto. Uh, uh, Sampdoria had mm-hmm. and they had four Copas, right? Mm-hmm. All now, in that fifteen-year period, right? Now they're they're um, they're. Uh, uh, what's it called? Their derby is called the Della Lanternina. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah so the Derby of the Lantern. La- yeah, right. So it's the, there's a main lighthouse in the city's port, and that's why it's mm-hmm. called that. You know what I mean? Because they Correct. both share it and and, and the whole thing. And the and bottom line is the rivalry is basically fueled by the fact that you had a club that is this stubborn old man in Genoa, we're mm-hmm. the first, and then mm-hmm. how many years later, you know, you have this other club come in, and, and then there you go. That's how that that rivalry sparks, and and it's like right. you know you're in our same region, but we are the first, and you need to show us the respect. And that club may be like, well, screw you, we're not. And there and there you right. go. That's how it. That's how it yeah, sparks. Yeah, I mean, there's 50 years because I'm I'm gonna say like Sabandoria to me, having done all this research, they didn't start till 1946. Yeah, like to me, like that the the the, the all the offshoots and La Dominante and and all that 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 don't count. That's like, ca- that was chaos. Yeah. So. To have two clubs in the same city separated by 50 years and then to look at their successes separated by 60 to 70 years, it's a perfect, you know, old versus new rivalry, right? Like, so, like you said, like the old man is doing it his way and they're whatever and that's how we do it and we're old and we run this and and the new guy's like, well, hey, look at us. We, We were able to do it in a different way but they think they did it better right yeah, yeah. so but i mean it's um, it, yeah you're i mean and that's and that's how the, these little it's it sounds like a little thing but these how these mm-hmm. these, these these rivalries start but let's go back to the badge man mm-hmm. and you know and and you know frank always talks about it too but they they're they're old school mm-hmm. jerseys especially those 91 jerseys are some of the best kits Mm-hmm. I've ever seen. I think it was Asics. I think they had Asics then. I, I'm not sure. You got. You got to make sure about that one. But their 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 badge. There's a there's a it's a it's a picture of a sailor that's, that's in right. there. He's got a he's got a pipe in his in his mouth. And I got to You got to pronounce the name. It's 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 called something in Italian, Tommy. Is it say it's Bacicha. Bacicha, right? That's that's yeah, what and the, it translates to Giovanni Battista. Yeah. Which, in English, right? Going back to the English is. Who? Did you, can anybody get this? 
If you guessed John the Baptist, you were correct. Yeah. Wow. So that's that's who that's supposed to be. Yeah. Um, it's it's and it's appropriate that he's depicted as a sailor because it's the port city, right? Port city, right, right, right. right. Yeah. So and, they're and, depicting John the Baptist right. as a sailor, and then which, they, is, which makes it the best badge of all time. All time. Right? And then they and, that and then it back into the religious part. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And the other thing too is like you know thinking about it, you're just like. Oh, you know, you can somewhat see the you know the person in there, and that just like looks like a really cool badge. But when you go into the history of it, it's like all those colors are combined because of how many different times they've changed, uh, mm-hmm. you know, clubs, and they were together, they weren't together, whatever. And then when they finally had that merger, and then putting in something like you said, a religion, religious aspect to it, mm-hmm. it's just a phenomenal thing, man. And it's not there's there's such a thought process behind it. It's not like nowadays where. You know, someone's coming up with a badge, and it's like for some stupid thing. You know, and yeah, it's like, like man, I, yeah, right? like it looks cool or whatever the hell it is. But at the end of the day, right. like this is such a historic thing, and how many, you know, th- what they've gone through with World Wars One and World War Two, and and we go back to the Lazio thing of how you know the 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 eagle that's in the in the badge and and what mm-hmm. that means. It's like, oh, well, oh, there's a cool eagle in the badge, but you don't know what the freak that means, dude. Like what that stands for, bro. You know, yeah. oh, there's a you know there's a gri- the same eagle on Hitler's hat. Exactly. Right? Oh, there's a grit. There's a grit. <laughs> in this bo- this badge and there's an England flag oh that looks cool but you don't understand what the back mm-hmm. what the reasoning is there and Sambadori without question um, you know what, and, and you know what we'll do Tommy too we should go on Instagram and just like you know vote for the best we'll do like almost like a final uh, you know like a yeah, uh, bracket it, right and we'll and we'll try mm-hmm. to vote what the best badges is is in in the city ah um, I'm gonna have to have someone help me design that maybe Kim can do it or Frank, we'll do the best so, badge, the best badges, and you know we'll see. We'll have everybody vote. I mean, definitely without question. My uh, uh, with, with the with Sampdoria, my my vote is for, is for them. My old the old Juve logo was was nice as well. I love that. Yeah. I don't like the new one at all. But I mean, uh, they put the guy who baptized Jesus on there. It's, cra- it's crazy. Like, dude. It's all it's unbelievable. <laughs> it really is. And then yeah. so now I made him a sailor. It made him a sailor, which is the most Italian thing ever to do is change the guy's face, right? right. Right. But, so, so now you got. Uh, so, so go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Go, go, go ahead. So, so you know, so stop again. We go back to what you know. They're they're in a in a relegation battle now. You got Quagliarella, uh, yeah. uh, who's there and who's been playing fine. Nabilidan, as you know, Tommy, right? That's Nabilidan right. player. Um, but and and you know, there there's you know, Quagliarella is those guy. Those he's got those those magical moments, man. When he's doing, yeah. you know, when he's doing either a heel kick goal or. Uh, but Vasily scored against Napoli that, last year. Exactly. Yeah, and they, so. We don't want to see him go down, you know, as much no. as we want to break t- uh, Frankie's balls and stuff. But uh, no, I'd like to see them. No, nah, you gotta keep you gotta keep these teams up, especially like I said, when we start to go over these histories of these uh, of these teams mm-hmm. and and you hear about all these things, you want to keep those old school those old school teams. So, and, and another thing I like about some is their ultras. Yeah. Right. The the, the, the history behind their ultras, their largest group of ultras, um, are called Tito Chicharoni, right? Okay. And it's actually named after one of their former players, an Argentinian winger who played for the club. <laughs> and it was founded in, in, the, in the late 60s, right? Yeah. And it was, it's actually one of the oldest ultra groups yeah. in the country, yeah. which is really cool. They're not politically based. It's all just, this was a guy we loved, yeah. and we're naming supporters yeah, yeah, after him. And, and, they and, we, love our team, and we love our team. Yeah, yeah they're named after, and then they sit in the Curva Sud. Um, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's obviously some other smaller groups that they have, but they're the largest one. Yeah. Um. And 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 to me, that's cool. They said, hey, 
This guy was really good for us. We like him. He was Argentinian. They're basically our Cujin in South America, right? Right, right. Let's, let's, let's name the Ultras group after him. Right. So they're called the Ultras Tito Chucharoni, which is amazing. Did we, did we talk about Genoa's Ultras? Who, who was – I, don't, I, don't, I didn't get any info on that. Uh, we did not, and I, there wasn't a lot of info on that. No, no. Like I said, um, I mean, we know the top <clears> – <throat> The Dru- you know the Drugies and and the Chibale mm-hmm. and you know we know those right. uh, you know those top ultras there. Um, but uh, right now we got King Claudio at the at the at the helm with uh, Ranieri is right. you know I, I think like I said, I said I joked before but that's not actually a joke. I think he's I think he's coached like sixty freaking teams or something like that. He, he might have man. He's been it's, around it's, for a it's, long time. It's crazy. Time. But we don't want to <laughs> see we don't want to see them go down and and no. uh, but this was this was another you know great uh, bunch of info here man because it's. Uh, you know, you you learn so much when you start to when you start to really like kind of dive into, and obviously now that it's at our at our uh, fingertips with um you know because back in the day it was you had to you know you know read the books or whatever and now mm-hmm. you can just get this information and but I would love to just go to all these clubs that we discuss. Anybody out there again wants to give me and Tommy uh, some tickets to when this stuff all blows <laughs> over and we can go and, out and and the city a holes can go actually go out and live and we can set up some. Uh, some uh, you know some footage of us uh, going to see these games would be uh, a phenomenal thing, absolutely. And uh, just to kind of go back on the stability that they needed here. Yeah. Buskov is the longest serving manager at the club. Wow. And wow. he was only there for a period of six years, and then he came back for another year. But the only one that was close was Erickson was there for five right after him yeah. in the mid-90s. Yep. And there was Bernardini in the late 60s was four or five years. Everybody else that I'm looking at right now, and there's some pretty good managers on this, this list, two or three years, and that's it. Yeah. And well, it just kind of goes – and a lot of them were very good players. Yeah. Um, yeah. We talked about the lifespan of these these coaches. You, 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 ain't, you ain't making it if there's But, no I mean, success. it just goes to the DNA of this club, how they were started, right? Yeah. The, the chaotic, the frenetic yeah. – I mean – uh, just just look at this, ready? Just from 99 on, you had David Platch, Paletti twice, okay? Giorgio Vinetti, Ventura, Cani, Belotto, Novellino, Mazzari, Del Neri, Di Carlo, Cavazzini, Alzori, Iacchini, Ciro Ferrara, Delio Rossi, Mihadovic, Zenga, Montella, Giampaolo, Di Francesco, and finally Ranieri. Uh, Ranieri. Jesus. <laughs> you want to know? You want to know something? Out of all those people that you just said, the first mm-hmm. thing that you said, I, you said uh, Ventura, and I almost vomited. Yeah, yeah. No. When you said Ventura, <laughs> it was just like, yeah. But he was there for less than a year. Spalletti, less than a year. Yeah, should, Ventura should be Spalletti was there for twice less than a year. Ventura, right? like, yeah. Ventura should have got his license revoked. He should never be yeah. coaching ever again. I mean, like, Iacchini, he's another guy who's managed how many teams. But, like, this is the, the turbulence of this club yeah. has, has really hindered them. And, again, when you had that successful period – Bosco's there. They're doing well. Stays that way. You know, but like they the, did well. You talk about the, these things, right? And like how it's like mm-hmm. just been like in turmoil, right? And the, mm-hmm. you would think that you're at the highest level. It's one of the top leagues in the world, and they're mm-hmm. being run like something you would see in like the the CSL, dude. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like it's 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 insane. Like how crazy. You know, it, again, and I and I go back. And the reason you guys know why I'm doing this, man. I'm trying to give you guys a little bit of a hint, okay? Financial backing, okay? Consistent financial backing. 
I don't want to hear about cheating or anything like that. <laughs> Financial consistency. You got to have that backing, man, without question. That's 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 why they, these these clubs they they get they get sunk. You got to stay afloat with 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 these things, you know. So it's that's mm-hmm. it's crazy, but. Phenomenal job again, Tommy, with these uh, three clubs, man. Yeah, great with job this. yourself, man. It's yeah, well, good. yeah, I, I try to do my my thing, man. I just try to. <laughs> nah, you're good, man. You know, it's but good. Um, it's but you know, here, here's and we got to do this. We had I, ha- I had to ask you. I didn't ask you the last time, but I got to ask you now, okay? <laughs> I I and this is gonna be funny too, okay? <laughs> I you can have see to it. <laughs> you have to pick between three clubs right now to support. Mm-hmm. Napoli doesn't exist. I don't want to break your heart, right? You have to pick the, between three clubs: Juve, mm-hmm. Juve, Lazio, or Inter. Yeah. Who do you pick? Oh God! <laughs> Can I abstain? Abstain. <laughs> see, he, he, he can't. He, I know what he wants. I know what he wants to say, but he can't say it because he's gonna get crucified if he it. says it. I can't say it. I yeah. can't say it. I. You want to know what I? You know what I say? I start watching tennis. Yeah, I would. I would start, I'd start playing bocce professionally. But you did. <laughs> but you did say that you hate those two clubs. So off the field, I hate them more than I hate Juve because of what they stood for for their history. And obviously, Lazio is the more obvious reason why I don't like them. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I have nothing wrong with some of their players and what Inzaghi's doing right now. I think it's great for the league. Absolutely, and much, and I by can't. the way, much needed as well with Lazio. Yeah, and, and listen, the fact that Anabali thought is leading them in scoring doesn't hurt, right? Um, oh, there you got through that one in there. Right? Nice, nice. But, well, done. Uh, well done, well done. But but Inter too, they're kind of like they just, and eh, we don't like this. It's kind of like how different people just start things. Like, eh, it's kind of like it reminds me of these offshoot leagues in America, right? Like, yeah. eh, we don't like your rules, so we're going to start our own. If they tried that in Italy, England, Spain, wherever, they'd be like, get out of here. You can't start another league. Yeah, that, works. But now, the tough thing is, is that, you know, you saying that people would say the same thing like with Juve. It's like, well, Juve is everything that's wrong with, uh, you know, you know, with world football. And, and obviously, mm-hmm. listen, with all due, you know, I shouldn't say all due respect, but, you know, when we have an idiot that's making comments like he did about Atalanta right. and stuff, then, yeah, it's hard to freaking justify anything. <laughs> it's but, hard to swallow that, yeah. But, um, you know, that's, that's what that's what that's. But at least... At least for me, like, and and I'm not, I would not support Juve, but they've had a a tradition of Italian footballers that have gone through that club and have, like you said, like for me as well, like I'm a fan of the national team first, right? Although maybe second, being a Napoli fan. Um, yeah, well, where you? Yeah, but, where were you going with that comment, dude? Going back to the, uh, the Italian ninety there, brother. Yeah, but yeah. we'll get into that in the, on the show that yeah. day. But don't um, we're not gonna let you. We're not gonna let that one fly, dude. We remember that that's day. Fine. We that's remember. Fine. We remember um, when uh, who you were. Supporting. I remember a lot of things. But you weren't talking about Mutu with Sugar Boogers, dude. We remember who you supported that day. With Juve, yeah. With Juve, they've always had at least up until now, right? They've always had an Italian out in front as the forefront of the team. Like they just have, um, whether it be manager yep. or player um whether they were the best player on the team or not like let's just call it what it is right and you're gonna yell at me for this but on those teams in the early 2000s del piero was not the best player on the team no. right no the late 90s like zidane was the best player on the team edgar davids Nedved, those guys were unbelievable we got listen we got rid of people don't forget this right we sell zidane we sell zizu okay mm-hmm. and people are like you're out of your mind who do we bring in we bring in nedved yeah. We bring in Buffon, 
we mm-hmm. bring in Turam. Right. Okay? And wh- what happens from there? Now, again, I, all right. Oh, we didn't get a championship. Well, how, think about the Scudettos we got. Think about who you who yeah, you got no, I, in terms I mean, of Buffon uh, with the national team. You right. got Turam winning. Uh, uh, he won a World Cup as well. Nedved winning the European uh, Player of the Year. And then mm-hmm. look what Nedved's doing now with with uh, Juve in the in the hierarchy now. You know what I mean? Right. In, in, in helping no, out with the club. Think, and don't I forget think, too. Yeah. And don't forget too. Nedved, Buffon, Del Piero. State, you got to respect the fact that they stayed with that team when they went to the yeah, city of B. Down. And where did, yeah. where did freaking Zlatan go? Where did Cannavaro go? Who, again, I'm rocking his, uh, his mm-hmm. uh, shaved head. He took Trezeguet. off, and so and so did Trezeguet, and then Capello ch- took off as well. Mm-hmm. They didn't stay loyal. No, I think, I think, but I think that that's the one thing that I, that I give you guys a little bit of respect for is that no matter what, and whether it's bias, whatever you want to call it, they put Italians out in the forefront up until now, right? Because yeah, we've taken a hit now, which I'm not happy about. Because again, like I said, right. what you just said is is right on the money, and it's it's because the you know we're not, we're not focused on that national team. But for the first yeah. time, is and is this safe to say, Tommy? For the first time, we are taking a lot of players for the national team. Okay, that one mm-hmm. either don't play in the in the, in the city ah because obviously you could throw uh, Verratti in there, right? But also mm-hmm. the some of the a lot of these players, the best guy on the team, right? right? And a lot of these players are playing in a mid table or a lower level yeah. team in the city ah. Which we, uh, yeah. someone we you know what we need to do is look that up and when is the last freaking time that that has happened? No, and I think I think it's a fair point because Barella got into the team before he went to Inter. Yeah, right. Like he was there when he was at Cagliari. Yeah, um, and everybody knew he was going to blow up. Right. Right. Chiesa's at Fiorentina, Tonali's at Brescia. Um, you know, You're talking you about that teams that are in the freaking <laughs> relegation zone. Brescia's Brescia stands for Serie B. That's where they live, dude. They've been in the right. Serie B. So do you right. got a they're, player they're like Tonali who's being compared to Pirlo? And the reason why he's being compared to Pirlo is the lo- yeah, people are oh, the way he looks, where the position. No, because Pirlo's from Brescia and so does Tonali. Right. And they right. speak the same. If you're from Brescia, if you watch that, you have a deeper voice. These are this is the comparisons why they're doing right. this. The guy, the team is in a freaking and, relegation and zone. By, and by the way, they're in the rel- they're last, right? They're dead last. Yes. He might be the best one out of the bunch, the young bunch. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, he's, you, you, but you, like I'm like I said, these. I don't. What I'm not getting is why these higher level. And again, maybe it's it's going to happen now. But a Juve or Inter or Milan, especially a Milan, dude, especially Milan. Okay, yes. you're telling me that yes, Zlatan has come in and he's helped out in terms of the uh, uh, of the locker room. He's a leader, whatever it is. But you're yeah. telling me you can't open up your wall to go get a, a Zaniolo or, or, or go get a Chiesa or go get a Tonali. Oh. Those guys are standing. Now, are they going to... And Tonali's a registered Milan fan, by the what way. Is go- what is going to happen right now with Tonali? And, and they got rid of Cutrone, yeah. who's a young Italian forward, right? right? They, they've gotten rid of... How many... Look at Inter got rid of Zaniolo yeah. in the Nangolan deal. Right. Like, I mean... These guys are sacrificing these players out. But the, the thought, mean, well, here's the other thing too. Is I'm going to even go on my team with this as well with Juve, right? We see that now with Saudi that Pjanic is just not the guy, right? And we talked about this before, where it's got to be something that looks like more like a, a Jorginho. We talked about mm-hmm. possibly Rabio playing there. I think the last three that they did when Juve just played, when it was Ramsey, Matuidi, and, and Bentancur, that looked great, right? But if you have Tonali sitting there, okay? Uh, is, is Tonali in the current stage right now 
better than those three players that I just said. Now, here's the, here's, the, here's the thing. You didn't give me a definitive yes or no, but you thought about it, right? So yeah, it wasn't no like... No it wasn't and like... Italian, which makes ex- sense and that's, that's, and that's the freaking point, okay? Mm-hmm. You didn't give a definitive answer. You ha- It wasn't like, dude, it's, it's, par- it's parallel. No, you had to think about it. So with that said, is it mm-hmm. better off to put freaking Tonali in that system and now... Have a great player for years to come, but also mm-hmm. develop for the Italian national team. That's why we're sitting where we are now, and now we're going to have mm-hmm. to wait another freaking year to see mm-hmm. what's going to happen. Remember, we didn't qualify; it happened. Okay, mm-hmm. you're lucky you didn't get you're lucky you didn't get freaking tomatoes thrown at you when you got mm-hmm. off the freaking plane because that happened in the seventies when we didn't mm-hmm. qualify. Okay, so again, it, it, it's I don't think there's a strong emphasis at all. I think that this this as exciting as the city has been, it's been more on all right. Let's get these international players in here. Let's get these mm-hmm. top players. Let's pay them what they what we can, but not have any thought process towards these other players because Tonali, Zoni, uh, Zaniolo, uh, Chiesa not playing in Champions League football affects mm-hmm. our freaking national team. Period. Yeah, and I think I think to your point, I think it might. It just might have a good effect for these guys because they're regular starters on their teams, which will help, right? Right. Um, but you got it. Like, see, for me, the big one is AC Milan, right? Like, they should be spending whatever it takes to get Tonali because Stupid. sell whoever you got to sell. Sell whoever you got to sell. Sell your whole midfield because that guy could change your club and. He could be the face of the team for the next. Like, forget Donnarumma. And, and, and get, you bring and, that kid in. But here's the other thing too with Milan, right? And, and we know from a historic standpoint, and obviously we're going to bring up Milan when we when we do, mm-hmm. uh, you know, more, uh, um, you know, with the with the segments and stuff there, right? Mm-hmm. But with Milan, man, it's like go get Tonali, go get Chiesa, go get, and then go get the uh, Benedeschi because the Struns doesn't want to play him anyway, right? Right. And bring, and that's fine. The team's going to get better, okay. Mm-hmm. And it's obviously going to help the national team as well. Okay, so a- again, it's 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 it, it's something we yeah, can I mean, do. We can bring having a whole other show about just what's no, yeah, been I mean, going listen, on. And they got guys on that team that are just not good enough, right? Like, and they've not been good enough for a long time. And there's younger, better Italians that are out there playing than like Castillejo's just okay. You mean to tell me Benedeschi's not better than that guy? That's like, come and, on. That, and the other thing too, Mil- Milan, you should be ashamed of yourself. Anybody that supports Milan, man, right now, mm-hmm. I feel sorry for you. I really do because it is, it's an afterthought. It's an after. Yeah. It's it's. Think about these teams. What 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 Milan used to be, dude. I mm-hmm. mean, think about it for a second. I mean, it's insane. Ninety four. Look how many players that we brought in from Milan: Masato, Baresi, mm-hmm. Costa Curta. Look at all the players that were playing on that team, man. That I mean, it it was it was Albertini, Donadoni was there too. No, yeah, Donadoni. Right. So I think that we had the most. And again, even your the manager as well. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it, it needs to go back, and I don't think that they're putting this strong emphasis on uh, no, these top really, You know, I said a few episodes ago that I thought uh, Bulban and Maldini would figure it out, and now it looks like Gazzini's been gone. doing stuff behind their back. And they're going to and they're gonna leave, and they're going to leave. You know what I mean? It, which and is, that's, that's a shame. And the other thing, too, is is that these 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 legends, man, they got to really tread lightly and make the right decisions of what they're doing mm-hmm. because it's it, it can it can literally 
you know, it can stain your your career when you're making these decisions. You know what I'm saying? Like, people yeah. are always cringing where it's like, you're seeing it with a, t- a Terry Henry right now, man. This dude doesn't do anything with uh, Montreal Impact, dude. Mm-hmm. Forget it. You're an afterthought. Yeah, you're never managing again. again. So make these right decisions on what you're, what you're choosing to do. You know, mm-hmm. I think obviously Ned Ben made a phenomenal decision on what he did, and it's 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 obviously paying off. But look at Maldini now, man. Obviously, we're always going to think of him as that legend, but you know, you're, you're thinking he's going to be that guy that's going to change everything. What do you think it looked like when they had to get rid of Gattuso? Or Gattuso having the freaking pride that he had, he stepped down, down knowing that knowing that uh, you know it, it was going to come, and 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 he didn't want to be that guy that was going to be like, you know, I don't want to affect. Um, you know this, but you're telling me. And think about when in Gattuso's is sense there, right? He swallowed down that freaking pride, knowing, looking in that locker room, that if I put my freaking boots on right now, okay, yeah. I'm a better player than anybody's out there. Yeah, and I he mean, fifth. it's not like they were they were far off, exactly. Right? Like, and that's from just motivation because he obviously right. didn't have the talent, right? And, and if you remember, it was one point. Yeah. If Inter doesn't win, on, it was Inter, right? They won on the last day, right? If they had tied that game, Milan finishes fourth. Right. And and then Gattuso keeps his job. They're in the Champions League. Everybody's happy. And and it's, it's like I said, I mean, we can go we can have one episode just on what the freak Milan, Milan pisses me off more than any freaking yeah, team right now. Me too. Because it's, it's just it's it a it shouldn't be. It's a it disgrace. Be. It's a disgrace. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. looking over at your neighbor as well, man. And you're and and Conti's doing a phenomenal job with the team and and building them up and 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 making these signings or whatever it is. And what are you doing? You bring in Zlatan, which is great, but you got a 38 year old uh, 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 striker that come is coming from the MLS. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like think about think about this for a second. Conti's the head coach at the, with the national team, right? Mm-hmm. Jovinko is playing for Toronto in MLS. He's yeah. absolutely freaking tearing it up. Tearing yeah. it up. What was Conti's statement about when, when, when yeah, someone... He's, like he's, he's, playing he's playing in MLS. League. I don't, yeah, that's right. He's playing in MLS. He way, literally was, he goes to him. He goes, what do you think... Probably the one time I was on Conti's side. He said, what, what do you think of Jovinko? He plays in the MLS. Well, you know, mm-hmm. But he's scoring 40... I don't care. He's playing in the MLS. And <laughs> what, is, what does Conti do? He takes mm-hmm. Giaccarini, who mm-hmm. nobody even knows who the freak he is... And yeah. turns the guy into a stud, right? Yeah. And, and gets him a deal at Napoli. And gets him a deal. So get the right manager. Pioli is not the guy. He's it's Latan's no. right in the t- right mm-hmm. doing it right now. He's the one that's it's it's taking over. Okay, he's saving yeah. your job. Get out there and just and, and clean house, man. And you, I thought that I'll be honest with you, I thought Maldini was going to do something like that. Yeah, I thought I he was going to do. I think it's just just too much going on in the back that nobody knows now, about. Now here, right? here's a question for you. Benevento comes up, okay, which it looks like that's going to happen, right? Does Milan reach out to people? No, I don't think so. I don't think he's done well enough. Like, you forget he was disastrous at some of the other places. What about his brother? Can they pull him away from Lazio anymore? But here, is, it a, is it a bigger job right now? But but that's the other thing, too. Where's the allure of what used to be where it was like, we're AC Milan, we're going to, you know, and th- that it doesn't, I don't, it, you can't get, and you can say this about these other teams, why, why, why it's sad, because you can say this about a Man United, you can say about, you know, these other mm-hmm. top teams that don't have that allure anymore, where it's like, you can't bring in these top players because they just, the, the, the team has fallen by the wayside, and how the freak does that happen? But, but this for me is the worst one out of all of them, because Milan. it's, it's so far gone. They're so far gone. I mean, 
it's sad. It's terrible. Like, I mean, you look at, I, I don't even know who they would get to manage the team. You know, who are they going to get? That, Yakini? But, but that, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but they're going to Ranieri, dude, or they'll get freaking yeah. Ventura. Or, you know what? They can take, you know what? They can take Sadi too if they want. Yeah, I really pff, don't care. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, but I don't even know that he would take that job. It's beneath him at this that's point. That's the it? other thing, too. These guys are even, they're, they're picking and choosing. Milan comes to you and be like, eh, hey, we'll, we'll think about it. It's not yeah. what it was before where, Especially you know. Especially with, with who's above them right now. Because, if it was a different ownership group, maybe. I don't know. But, but here's the other thing, too, man. Like, think about this, right? You got uh, Sa- uh, Saki, who's, who takes over the team, right? And he left early, man. He, you know, you could tell mm-hmm. because his style was very, very stressful and it was, you mm-hmm. know, it was a, you think someone like Capello is like, no, 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 I'm not taking that team. He freaking jumped right into that team and, and mm-hmm. made him just as successful, you know, going and winning a, 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 a European Cup and everything like that. So back then, that's how talented these teams were, or that team mm-hmm. was, and it was no, it was a no-brainer to take it, you know. And then Ancelotti comes in, and where, where's it? What's who's Ancelotti with? Ancelotti is off of. He's an offspring of. Uh, of Sachi's team, right? Okay. And brings in and, and implements the Christmas tree formation and the whole thing, right? And since then, you see what? I mean, they've lost absolute and utter freaking legends mm-hmm. on that team. You know, I will never forget the last day that they started, like, just unloading all the players. Zambrotto was on the team. Uh, Van Bramo was on the team, right? Seedorf, Kaká, mm-hmm. Gattuso, uh, um, all the all Rudy, these. T- who else? Who else you got? Rui Costa, right? I love Rui Costa because he always wore the shin guards like I did. They always you know, yeah. drop them, drop low. But you have Sheva, all these. I mean, every Sheva, right? All these, all these, and that that's the other thing. They, they I don't think they've ever recre- They've never had. You can't. How are you supposed to do it? How are you supposed to recreate that? You know, they haven't, so, even, had, they haven't even had John Bell Thomason anymore. Like, they, right, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, even someone that, at that level. But it, it, again, we 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 just went on for like another half hour of. of I know. I uh, can't believe we just did that. Uh, so just on Milan. Let's, but, let's get to Milan another day. Yeah, we gotta get to Milan the other day because I'll tell you right now. It when we talk about Milan, it will have That's nothing. Be a whole show. It will have itself. it will have nothing to do with like the last what four years, last four or five no. years, nothing because well, it, not. it's an afterthought, man. But. All right, guys. So uh, that's uh, that's what we got, Tommy. I'm happy that we got these episodes in, man. Everything yeah, recorded. It's good. It's good. I got to do some uh, editing, man. But uh, and also I got to get to sleep. But also, yeah. guys, make sure you check out the uh, the English game. Phenomenal show. Definitely yeah. recommend it. Um, it's a good one. I'm also watching uh, Imagineering uh, from the, the Disney. Oh, show. Disney Plus. Yeah, Disney yeah, Plus. Awesome. It's uh, how how Disney started. All right, guys. We'll uh, we'll see you. The, all right, Tommy. We'll see you later, man. All right. All right. Ciao, ciao. All right. Ciao, guys. Buonanotte. Buonanotte.